Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Great Scott Podcast. I'm here joined today with my special guest, Josh Orlean. He's a 15-year-old comedian, and I believe you will hear more of his name in the future. Hello, Josh. How are you? Hello, Mike. I'm great. I've been excited for this podcast. So my first question for you is, how did you get your start in comedy? Well, um, I've always loved to uh, make people laugh. It's one of my uh, major joys in life, and my dad happens to be absolutely hilarious. In the summer of 2011, he took a comedy class, and he actually got to perform at Gotham Comedy Club as their graduation, per se. And uh, his video and the reaction it got, because uh, one of our family friends posted it on YouTube, it got a great reaction. So I figured, you know what, maybe I should get into this, and I started like as young as I was, I was probably ten at the time, and I started to really get into it as I as I got older, well, older being a few years later. So I started writing jokes, and I would try to work on coming up with a joke. Like if someone was talking to me, I'd say something quickly, even if it was like a cheesy joke. So, and, and I had always been a fan of America's Got Talent, and something that had bummed me out was for the past two years before I auditioned, very very. Um, like amazing comedians had come in second. Tom Cotter on season nine and Taylor Williamson on season 10. And they are both doing very well. I know Taylor is touring across the country and I, th- I believe Tom is doing the same. So I figured I'd give it a try because it had moved to New York in the previous year. It's, it filmed in uh, in LA. And because Howard Stern was the new judge, he had moved to New York. So I decided to give it a try. And on November 17th, 2013, I went to try out. It was at a rundown car dealership in the city, and now it's a convention center, and uh, thousands of people there. I, I got there around like uh, pretty early in the morning, and there was a few hours of waiting before I got to do my first performance. And I was put in a group. Like, they narrowed it down, and I was put in a group with about 15 other singers. And everyone sang their song, and then on the last person that didn't go yet, the producer says my name tell my jokes and it went well and uh so after i performed we had to wait outside that room where the producer was and an associate came out and said all right everybody's free to go except for this one person i forgot their i know their name was melody and josh stay from there we were told that the two of us were going to perform in front of the executive producers and the guy told us who was walking us there that you basically went through to the round with the judges. It, so uh, a few months later, I, I got an email saying I was going to perform in front of the judges and 4,000 people. So I, I'd say, like, America's Got Talent was my real big start in comedy. So do you remember the uh, first place that you ever did stand up at? I remember very specifically, actually, aside from family friends and uh, and like family events where I spoke about a certain person, um, my first live performance was at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center on February 20th, 2014, in front of a live audience of 4,000 people and four celebrity judges. How well did you do there? Um, I, I did pretty well. I was on stage for about 15 minutes, and I got four out of four yeses. And uh, two of those being Howard Stern and Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel actually gave me a standing ovation. 
and it was amazing. It was one of the best days of my life. I'm sure that had to feel good when uh, I think Howie Mandel said that he loved you, and for Howard Stern to give you a standing ovation, you have to feel like you're on top of the world, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course, because these are two, well, Howard Stern, not so much a, a stand-up, but he's a comedy legend as well as Howie. So to get those two people that are as high of the class as they are in their respective fields of comedy, it's amazing. Absolutely, I bet. Uh, so tell me about the um, whole experience before performing. How was it, uh, or rather, how did you feel uh, leading up to it? Did you feel prepared, or were you nervous? I mean, of course there are nerves, because going into it, at a certain point, you know you're going to be on TV, and you know that millions of people are going to see you perform, and you're going to start to get a following. So I was nervous, and of course I was this awkward 12-year-old kid three years later, and uh, look what's happened. Uh, so, of course I was nervous, but I, I practiced so many times, and it, like uh, it really paid off. Those four yeses wouldn't have happened without preparation. And the nerves just help me build up because once you go out there, it's and you start talking, or at least for me, you feel totally comfortable because having seen the opposite end of the stage for ten seasons, it felt surreal to walk out and see what it actually is to see from that from that perspective. Like when I walked out on stage, it looked like a movie screen. It didn't look like four of the most famous people in the world were actually standing in front of me or sitting. Yeah, so, uh, of course, you got to be nervous for something like that, but it, it, it's worth it. Had you been to a taping of AGT before that? Um, two seasons prior to that, the live shows had moved to actually New Jersey Performing Arts Center. So I went to a bunch of tapings that year, and the year before me, I went to a few tapings. That that was Taylor Williamson's year. Well, Kenichi won that year, but uh, that was the year that Taylor Williamson came in second. The year before me, that uh, that was the first year I was at Radio City Music Hall. And it was actually then, we, me and my dad were at the finale, like the final performances, because the live results were on a Jewish holiday. And I looked at my dad and pointed to the stage and said, I'm going to be there next year. And I guess it worked out pretty well for me. So I was also reading that you do, or you have other talents besides doing comedy. You also play the piano, and you do a bit of uh, juggling, correct? That is correct. So um, as told in my third joke, and my most popular joke that I tell now, is the sort, is the sword swallowing joke. So... A good majority of that story is actually true. I actually do ride a unicycle, and the most I can do is like an eight-foot-tall unicycle. It's called a giraffe unicycle. I, I went to a circus arts camp for the for uh, four summers, and uh, I'm good at juggling. I can do aerials. I can ride a unicycle, and uh, I, I don't know if I ever asked a sword swallow, but the, the rest of that is true. Um, I've been playing piano for a few years, and I didn't... I, like, I took lessons for a little bit, but I kind of 
grew an ear so I can kind of play if I just listen to something. So I'd say yeah, I have a pretty, uh, like, a, a lot of different interests and talents. What is your uh, specialty of choice when, when playing the piano? What what music do you do you like to play? Well, unlike a lot of people my age, I'm into, like, the classics. I don't, I don't like music that isn't actually music. That's what I call it. I just refer to music that's made by DJs as not music. So I love classic rock. I get it for, for uh, Billy Joel, Beatles. So I'd say the song I play most is either Imagine by John Lennon or probably All You Need Is Love. Have you performed music in front of a live audience like you have with your comedy? Hmm. I, I don't believe so. Um, I'm trying to think. I have three of my... Video, three of my songs on my YouTube page, but those are from when I like I first started playing piano. I, the ones I've posted are Imagine, All You Need Is Love, and Hey Jude. But uh, yeah, that was before I really started to uh, like get into it a lot more. That was when I first started to play. So I'd say, actually no. Um, so one of those videos was at someone's party that I hosted at our house. Like uh, it was a friend of my mom's and I started to play and everybody walked in and then a famous cantor in the Jewish world, at least by the name is Yuti Spinner, sat down and started playing the melody of Imagine. So that's my first video. And uh, I'd say that's the only time I've performed live music wise. Okay. So if you weren't doing comedy, would you see yourself being a uh, concert pianist at all? Oh, definitely not. I'm not that good. Um, I, I like to play. Like a, it, it feels nice to play, and I like to teach myself songs. But it's it's something I would never do seriously. I just I just do it for fun. It's a hobby of mine. Sure, sure. So um, getting back getting back to your to your comedy, um, how have you been able to to balance everything between your stand up, school, social life, and all your other priorities? Well, um, I was in sixth grade when I first started doing, like when my first audition was on, and it was my live performance, not my tryout, my audition in front of the judges was in February. So for that, I had to miss two days of school, and one for interviews and one for audition. So that, that didn't really affect me so well, in, uh, too much, I mean. It, it it didn't affect me too much. I caught up on work pretty quickly. And then for the second round, Judgment Week, which was filmed on Pier 90 and Pier 94 in New York City, I had to miss one week of school. And it was actually the week after my bar mitzvah. It was in May of 2014. It was like May 12th to the 16th, something like that. But the last day was a was a Saturday, which obviously for me is Sabbath, so I couldn't go to that. So for school, it didn't really... Actually, no, it did, because I, uh, I had standardized testing that week, so I, I had to like go to school, take the test, and then run into the city because I, I had to perform. So uh, it, it kind of balanced out a little bit, but um, I, I, didn't much, I didn't miss too much school, and it uh, didn't really affect. But uh, if you're asking in terms of 
how did the school react after it was on, I can tell you that they weren't too happy about it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, not at all. But the but the cool part was is that my last day of school in sixth grade was on June 17th, and my audition was shown a few hours later. So I had a bunch of people come over to the house, and I was having a viewing party, and right after my audition shows, mine was the second to last in the episode, my my principal calls my parents and said, "All right, you got to come to school tomorrow. We got to talk." And uh, yeah, so he he was the, the the school wasn't necessarily too happy, but we joke about it now. It's uh, it's something that we've progressed from. Oh, good, good. So, um, what have you found to be your favorite and least favorite part of doing stand up? Um, I guess that really depends on what step you're taking it from. If you're taking it from writing jokes, then clearly the the hardest part is finding an idea and building off of it, unless it's as simple as being around your family, which I get a lot of my material from, or school, which I mentioned even in my audition, that I, I carry around a notepad in school if I think of anything. So the hardest part of that is just thinking of something, but the easier part is building on it and turning it into a whole routine. The hardest part about performing is having no one laugh. That's a tough part. And for my uh, for my Judgment Week episode, well, it wasn't aired, but when I performed, I had an audience of four people. So that's clearly not an easy thing to do, which is perform in front of people, and if not all of them laugh, it's just awkward. So, like, on an overall standpoint, I'd say the hardest part is performing itself and like getting away your nerves and not stuttering. So having appeared on AGT, uh, do people recognize you when you walk down the street? Um, actually, the first thing I actually got recognized today, I was in, uh, I was in Muncie, which is in Rodland. It's like a, a more religious area. So I was uh, by a supermarket and someone came up to me. I was with my dad and said, uh, why aren't you on America's Got Talent? And that always feels great. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just, like, it gets, like, I, I don't want to sound cocky when I say this, because I, I had my 15 minutes of fame, but it's, it's, uh, it gets annoying at some point. Like, uh, the day after my audition, I wanted to, like, the first thing I wanted to do was, like, all right, I want to get recognized. I'm going to go to the mall, stay there until I get recognized, and then get recognized some more and leave. And, uh, I must have taken at least a hundred pictures that day. Um, it, it's so much fun being recognized, and um, it's it's great to know you have supporters, and if they're supportive enough to come up to you and say what a good job you're doing, you know you're doing something right. Well, that's great. I mean, uh, so I just want to say congratulations for being so young and uh, having appeared on AGT. Um, I'm not sure how many 12-year-olds have been on this show, but uh, I applaud you and uh, admire you for for doing that. Thank you very much. Actually, I want to add on what you said. A lot of, ever since I was on, I was, I I looked it up and, like, I I followed the show since day one. I was the first kid comedian on, and since then, like, last year, there was someone named Leo Itell. He was, he was pretty funny. And this year, there have been 
there was a six-year-old comedian who made like an ADD joke. He was incredible, and I can't believe he had the guts to go up there and do that. And there was another 12-year-old comedian, like uh, her name was like Lori May, something like that. She uh, she ripped on Donald Trump, like this kid comedian already making jokes about politics. So <laughs> I think. Like I, I, I love taking credit for the fact that I was the first kid comedian, and there have been multiple since me. But uh, yeah, but it, it just, uh, it just feels great that more, more people are getting into it and enjoying the fact that what you can do can improve others' lives. So, do you hope to be a comedian for the rest of your life? And uh, if so, where do you want to be five to ten years from now? Well, of course, that would be great to, uh, of course, affect people's lives for the rest of mine. Uh, sorry, I didn't quite catch the second part of your question. What was oh, it? Uh, where Where do you see yourself five to ten years from now? Ten years from now? Um, of course, that's college, so... Uh, oh, sure, sure. Doing college shows would be great, especially being in one. It it, it finds things more relatable. Um, I can see myself headlining a show and very easily doing it a few nights a week. Maybe uh, the goal of mine, and but not yet, like I want to focus on school a little bit. Um, a goal of, and notice how I said a little bit, um, a goal of mine is to start a Kickstarter and do an album taping once I have enough material to do so. So that's clearly a goal of mine. And uh, I'm actually working on a talk show starting next year in high school. It's a spoof of Zach Galifianakis' show Between Two Ferns. I'm going to find two people with the last name Berg, clearly because I'm going to a Jewish school, and do Between Two Bergs. That's pretty funny. So that, that's a goal of mine. So uh, hopefully that'll that'll kick off, and uh, and that's just like uh, I'm trying to promote that a little bit, but uh, I'm still working on it. And um, yeah, so I, I'd say um, baby steps, but I'd like to progress as much as possible within the next few years. Sure, absolutely. So are you currently still uh, performing, or are you taking a break from it for right now? Um. Well, I clearly summer just started, and uh, take like I, I don't have to focus on school so much right now, but of course that's a priority. So for the moment, I've taken a break. I haven't performed in a little while, but uh, I want to get back into it. Uh, it's 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 been a little while, so I'm trying to perform a little more. Maybe I'll go to some open mic nights, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I've taken a little bit of a break. All right. Well, Josh, uh, that's that's all I have for you. I do want to thank you so much for your time and for appearing on my podcast. Thank you for having me. It was, this was great. I'd come back if you want me. Absolutely. I would love to uh, discuss and hopefully talk about your uh, talk show a year from now. Sounds great. All right, we'll, we'll be in touch and plan something. All right, Josh. Thank you.